This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's Tannehill and Spiller PowerCat podcast. Here are your hosts, former K-State tight end Travis Tannehill and former Wildcat safety Monte Spiller. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Tannehill and Spiller podcast. I am Travis Tannehill. Got Monty Spiller on the line with us as well, talking about K-State football um, after a disappointing, put it nicely, uh, disappointing uh, showing last Saturday against a pretty good West Virginia Mountaineer team. So, uh, Monty, first off, how you doing today? I'm not too bad, man. It's been, uh, considering that the Cats lost last Saturday, the, I guess the... Um, the positive is we got beautiful weather here in Manhattan area and Texas beat Oklahoma State, so they helped us out big time. <laughs> yep, no, exactly. What's the uh, what's the high school update? The boys, uh, um, yeah, what, what we, are we, we like halfway we, through the playoffs, deep into the playoffs? What's uh, yeah, how um, things second going? Round, second round of playoffs, we end up um, playing, um, because of COVID issues, they end up putting two higher ranked teams, us and Perry LeCompton uh, up against each other early in the first round, and they're number three team in the state, and we came up short this past week. I'm proud of the kids. They played well, um, and we knew going into the game it was going to be a challenge because they're not number three for any reason. And uh, their only loss came prior to us, I mean, prior to us playing them, the only loss was uh, the number two team in the state was Hayden High School, which is a good team. But uh, we knew it was going to be a battle, and our kids played well, but we came up on a short end this week. But Good season. Our kids know they did a good job. We're proud of our seniors and the underclassmen. Uh, they're in the weight room as we speak. <laughs> exactly. Well, shoot, you know, we've heard, uh, you know, we've heard from everyone. I think everyone is just kind of thankful to be playing. So you, you got, you got the whole season in. Uh, did you guys we have did. any, did you have any cancellations or anything? Uh, we had one. Our very yeah. first game of the season, we uh, were supposed to play Silver Lake and they had a couple of coaches that were tested positive for COVID. So they canceled that game. Um, but outside of that, we were very fortunate to get the rest of our games in. Sweet. Sounds good. Yeah, that's kind of what I think everyone's kind of just taking this. Uh, the season's gravy. It, uh, it's just we're getting to play football. And yeah, like you said, those seniors, I felt bad for some of those seniors last year that kind of got, uh, you know, basketball state tournament got canceled last year and uh, track got all the spring sports got canceled. So do you coach, uh, do you coach anything else or just football at uh, I just football at the high school level. You nice. know, there was a time when my boys were younger. I was coaching youth football, youth wrestling, uh, youth track as well. But now that they got a little older, I'm just dad in the stands making those faces. So yep. I'm not coaching any other sports. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So awesome. So your uh, your schedule opens up for the next uh, the next nine months. But sweet. Let's uh let's dive into Kansas State versus West Virginia. Give me first off, where'd you watch it? Second off, just kind of give me the big picture thoughts. Of uh of that thirty seven to ten loss to our Kansas State Wildcats. Yeah, it was. I watched it at home. It was a, you know, the first quarter. It was to be expected. I, I was kind of disappointed. I felt like the offense. I expected more of the offense earlier, 
And then defense, you know, it was 3-3 going into the second quarter. But I felt like our defense just couldn't get them off the field on third down situations. You know, we got them in a lot of third down. And then they would go to a slant or the running back would get a big run. And they would get the first down and kept drives going. And I think once that quarterback, uh, they scored their first touchdown, his confidence, you could tell the difference in his body language, his confidence was there. And they got rolling and we never did. You know, I think if we play the game again, um, a few things are going to look different, but we were just, I don't know, we looked like we were up in West Virginia at 11 o'clock in the morning, got up at whatever time it was, and we just didn't seem focused like I, I thought we could. You know, and it's one. And I, I'm not making excuses by any means because West Virginia, they beat us handily and they deserved to win, but we didn't look like the K-State that I anticipated. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like I feel like maybe we've been playing. Um, I don't know a little a little better than, than we were the last few weeks, and then I don't know if we saw the true K State team against West Virginia or you know a team that didn't play well uh, against West Virginia. Because yeah, it just kind of honestly it was a terribly boring game to watch, uh, especially from <laughs> the Kansas State offensive side of the ball. So they just really never got things clicking, never got things going. Get a couple first downs, and then you know Will Howard to throw an interception. And so I mean, yeah, you look at the team stats. I mean, just total yards, two hundred twenty-five yards for Kansas State. I mean, that's not going to win you too many ball games. West Virginia, four hundred and eighty-five total yards. So I mean, that they, that West Virginia offense really got going. Uh, you know, in that second and third quarter. And then, you know, really just across the board, every single stat line goes to West Virginia, third down efficiency, first downs, uh, total plays. Uh, you know, we got them in punts, but that's not a category you want to win. Um, <laughs> tied in penalties and then turn, the turnover battle they won. So literally across the board, um, you know, West Virginia won. And I remember – you know, we, we talked about the one statistic that that's held true for West Virginia in their four in their four wins. Uh, they've rushed for 100 yards, or excuse me, they, they've held the other team to under 100 yards rushing. And their four mm-hmm. losses, the opposing team has gotten 100 yards rushing, uh, and right. that statistic held true against Kansas State. Kansas State only 41 yards rushing, and uh, West Virginia coming out with the W. So, what what are you seeing? Either from the offensive line, from Deuce Vaughn. I know we heard of some rumors that maybe he was he was a little banged up, where Coach Kleiman uh, kind of shot those down. But what's what's happened with the with the explosive firepower uh, run game, or is it just as simple as you know we don't we have a young quarterback who's not as scary to these defensive units, so they're just they're just you know being a little more aggressive in the run game, and they don't really have to respect that pass game. Yeah, I I almost wonder, and and I, I said this to myself. And we talked about a little bit there. West Virginia's D line, they are a good D line. And if you and you probably noticed it, the first series, first couple of series, I think we passed the ball like three straight times. And that's not K State. Yeah, we came out swinging. Yeah. And I'm almost wondering if we gave West Virginia's defensive line and defensive front too much credit and and we tried to uh, go go another route as far as passing the ball. And it's not us. And, And I, you know, Anybody that has football knowledge, you know, to get a successful passing game, you have to set up the run game in, in most cases, in, you know, unless you take the tech, and that's opposite. But uh, I think K-State kind of shot themselves in the foot without being a little bit aggressive and seeing if we could uh, get the run game going early. But, you know, the first couple of series, we passed the ball around the yard, and we didn't have a whole lot of success. And I think that kind of put us behind the eight ball 
from jump also. And uh, and West Virginia's defense is good. I'm not taking away from those guys. They fly to the ball and they play with a sense of urgency. But I feel like K-State didn't help themselves out uh, much by passing the ball so much that first series, you know. And then it's one of the things where uh, Will Howard missed a couple of guys that were open uh, a few times and his confidence is kind of shook. But on the flip side, the time when he did throw good balls, guys weren't catching them. And so it was just bad all around. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. Just bad all around. Yeah, I was a little shocked they came out throwing the ball like they were. I, I don't know if they were trying to get Will into a rhythm, if they were trying to catch West Virginia off guard, or kind of what the strategy was there. But it's whatever. The, and I, I don't disagree. You know, trying something new, change something up. Try, you know, if you see something on film that you're trying to exploit, you know, that's great. But I still think for this team to win, you know, they got to control the trenches. They got to run. They got to run the ball well. And then you ask Will, uh, Will Howard, to do less than what they asked him to do against West Virginia. I mean, having him throw the ball 37 times is is not a recipe for success moving forward in the Big 12. He's just not ready. Uh, he will be. You know, maybe next year or two years down the road, you know, I think he'll be able to sling the ball around 40, 50 times a game if they need him to. But right now, you know, 40 att- or 37 attempts, that's just not a winning formula. And if Kansas State wants a chance moving forward, in the, you know, they're going to have to do it the old school uh, you know, the old school Bill Snyder way, which is control the time of possessions, no penalties, no turnovers, and you find a way to, to beat a team that's probably better than you, but it doesn't matter because the scoreboard uh, is in your favor at the end of the game. No, exactly, and I agree. And and, and looking at the bright side of it, you know, we we lost on the road to a good West Virginia team that's kind of surging a little bit. They're playing decent. and But on the flip side, we're still in a good position as far as the conference, top three still, you know, and that's not a bad place to be. And a lot of times it, it goes unnoticed, and you would know, Raleigh Moore, he went out early in the game. I'm not sure what the significance of his injury was at that point, but you lose one of your top targets uh, in Raleigh Moore, and that puts you even uh, in a more uh, difficult situation. And when, and honestly, I can't, I, you know, I can't think of three receivers that we have that I trust right now at this point to make plays. No. I can't think of three. And that's no. not like you say. You've always in the past had three guys that you trust that you can get the ball to no matter what from, from 89 up until last year. There's always been at least three quality receivers that can make plays. And right now, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if I had to pick three, I would pick Deuce Vaughn, Briley Moore, and maybe Phillip Brooks. Phillip Brooks has, has shown me a little bit the last the last couple of weeks, and two out of three of those aren't wide receivers. So exactly. uh, that, that, that's kind of just uh, just proving your point. But yeah, I'll be curious what uh, what what were your thoughts on that Briley Moore injury? To me, it almost looked like um, like a have you ever had a guy or known someone like that? They're like a kidney contusion um, yeah, that almost yeah, looked yeah, like you know he just got his kidney rocked which you yeah. know as long as it didn't rupture he'll, he'll be fine but it's a horribly painful um and a delicate injury because if it's if it's bruised and, and battered uh you know then it can rupture and then you know that that's very life-threatening if your kidney ruptures on on a on a game day um so you know they'll take precaution if that's what it is i have no idea we haven't really seen any reports come out on him uh this is total just speculation because i mean that was really the only thing it could be. He just kind of took a helmet right into, you know, his lower back, which, um, you know, if it was just a muscle strain, I feel like he would have played. You know, you can you can gut those out and, and play through those. So, I don't know. It'll be curious to see if we if we have him. You know, if 
shoot, if A.J. Parker doesn't come back on the defensive side of the ball, if Riley Moore can't play this Saturday, I mean, it's just you're you're, you're doing a good job of keeping things positive, and I'm and I'm I'm taking this uh, I'm taking this train south real quick, but it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough game, you know, and and I'm a realist. Don't get me wrong, and K State, you know, they're resilient. They're gonna be at home, and they understand what's at stake. You know, uh, they got a really good Oklahoma State team coming into play, so they they understand. They understand, and and, and Coach Lyman, I I have complete faith in them. But our, our guys need to figure out, hey, you have to be consistent week in, week out. And, and it's time for some younger guys who haven't produced to step up. Yep, no, exactly. But, hey, I'm on a, I've been negative Nancy today. Um, <laughs> four and two overall. Should be five and one if you, they just come ready to play against Arkansas State. I agree. Four I agree. and one in the Big 12. Uh, if you asked if, – if you told me to – you know, would I take that halfway through the season? Shoot, every day of the week I'd take that at the beginning of the year. So, uh, four and two team. But, you know, I think our schedule is pretty backloaded. So, we do have uh, some tough games moving forward, which we will transition to that right now. Kansas State versus Oklahoma State, which is – I don't know about you, but that was always one of my favorite games to play as a player. Uh, I just yeah. felt like we were always yeah. pretty evenly matched. We're both kind of ag schools. Uh, you know, we, I think we both kind of have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder with, uh, you know, a lot of the fans in Kansas, you know, love KU. They're a top five basketball program. Um, we're still kind of that second tier school. I think in a lot of people's eyes, I don't believe that. But um, and I feel like Oklahoma State might might think that as well. Uh, you know, obviously being right down the road from Norman. So what uh, any memories from playing Oklahoma State? What's uh, in your time or what's, uh, yeah, what sticks we- out to you about just that university or that school in general? No, I, I've had none but good memories. We've been fortunate with my time. We were, I had to say dominant, but you got to remember too, I played in the Big 8 and the Big 12. It makes you feel old. Shoot, and, aging uh, yourself. <laughs> in those couple of years, the first couple of years where we played uh, North and South. So we would change back and forth every other year. So I only had a chance to play them twice. And both times we were successful. But um, it was always uh, a good experience. I, I love going to Stillwater as a player and as a fan. It's very similar uh, to a Manhattan. I think Manhattan might be a little bit bigger um, as far as uh, geographical-wise, but as far as the town, walking up to the stadium, you know, we have Aggieville. They have their areas around the campus as well. Very similar to Manhattan. Um, whenever I, go, I went as a fan, people have been super nice. That Nobody's been like, is mean to us wearing purple, but it's been a good experience. But like I said, back then in the Big Eight, we played every other year compared north to the south. But both both games were good, and it didn't really like nothing significant sticks out. But it's always a battle, and it's guys that you were familiar with because a lot of times uh, half the roster was uh, stacked with a bunch of Texas kids, and me being from Texas as well in Dallas, I recognize a lot of the guys um, from similar high schools or from around the state. So it was always kind of good. Uh, to see that and, and whenever we play Okie State. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, yeah, Stillwater's a fun town. Other than they smoke in their bars. It drives me nuts. I'm like, why do you guys still smoke in your bars? Like, we all know smoking's bad for you. Why? Uh, like, yeah. How is this even legal? But, uh, yeah, they still smoke in the bars down there. So I guess it's a state of freedom, I guess, something like that. But right. uh, awesome. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I love Stillwater's a great town. I think it's got a lot of similarities to – to Manhattan, good people down there. I know, I know a bunch of Tulsa people that love their love their uh, Cowboys over there in Stillwater. But from the game plan standpoint, obviously, quarterback and Spencer Sanders, 
wide receiver and Tylen Wallace and the running back Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. What the three amigos? The three <laughs> amigos. But when you look at this roster, I mean, Sanders is good. You know, he, he he's he's pretty darn good. But you, you, as we've known. I think this is kind of what Skyler's issue. You know, you can be as good a quarterback as you want, but if you don't have weapons around you, uh, you have a hard time moving the ball down the field. Tylen Wallace is an exceptional wide receiver, but after that, there's there's nothing. So you, you find, you find yeah. a way to, to shut him down. Uh, you, you can stifle this Oklahoma State offense. And then Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, uh, he hasn't done much this year. You know, for all the accolades he got last year, and he really hasn't found a way to turn it on and be that dominating running back that he that he was in the past. And I'm sure you know he's not sneaking up on anyone. Teams are uh, teams are putting game plans together to stifle him. And so, really across the board, I mean, it got on, on at first glance, it's like holy crap, this offense is amazing. But you break it down, it's like, hey, it's only three pieces. If we can find a way to, uh, you know, to take out Wallace out of the equation, uh, that and then mm-hmm. that'll, you know, naturally make the quarterback position struggle. You know, Kansas State's run defense has been pretty good. D line's done a nice job. And so, you know, when you break it down matchup to matchup, you know, Kansas State I think matches up pretty well against Oklahoma State offense. No, I agree. I agree, and, and I'm I'm curious to see um, who K State chooses to eliminate this week because Texas. They went into the game plan. It was it was shut down Chuba Hubbard. They were like, "You are not going to beat us. You if, it, if you're going to beat us, it's going to be the quarterback or Wallace." And 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 they did a good job of shutting him down. And Wallace has his plays late, obviously. But Texas went in with the attitude, "We're going to put everything in the box, and you are not going to beat us." And I'm almost wondering if K State will take the same approach because last year, obviously, it's last year, but Chuba Hubbard torched us last year. But and and, and I'm, I never wish any harm on any player. But uh, Okie State's quarterback, he he's not a traditional quarterback. He wants to run, and he doesn't do a good job of getting out of bounds or sliding. He wants to finish the play. And a couple times against Texas, he got his bell rung, and I saw him kind of getting up limping, um, you know, here and there. And I was kind of concerned for him, you know, is he coming back? So I'm almost wondering if he will be. Uh, the same way this week going into our game. But like you said, if you can figure out uh, who you want to eliminate out of those three players and force the other two to be the player, uh, to the one to take over, we'll see what happens. But I'm guessing K-State probably will target uh, Chuba Hubbard, but who knows? You never know. Yeah, you never know. And, and you know, it can transition throughout a game too. So, you know, coming with one game plan and, uh, you know, you're saying, hey, we're, we're going to play soft, shut down the pass, and then, you know, Chuba Hubbard breaks out a 80-yard first quarter. It's like, well, shoot, maybe we need to throw another guy in the box. But, yeah, Spencer Sanders, I mean, he he looks he looks the part of, of a nice dual-threat quarterback. 6'1", 205 pounds, throws the ball pretty well. Like you said, I mean, he's, he's as, as athletic as they come, which is uh, so nice to have at the college level. But I don't know. My only hope, um, not my only hope, but my, my if I'm Kansas State's defensive coaches, I'm hoping, you know, Wyatt Hubert, uh, you know, Wiley, some of those guys up front can do a nice job of containing Chuba Hubbard without mm-hmm. needing a, a bunch of extra guys down there in the box. Um, you know, Sullivan's done a nice job. So I, I, I feel decently confident about a run game just – you know, guys, you know, we don't have the numbers, but guys are beating their blockers and, and getting to get into the ball carrier. And then because I think th- this K-State secondary with a without or with a banged up A.J. Parker is is still worrisome to me. So I, I hate to just put it all on one kid, but I think if A.J. Parker plays and A.J. Parker is healthy, this Kansas State defense has a chance 
to, to slow down this, this Oklahoma State offense. And then that gives your offense a chance to, you know, put up shoot, 25 points might win this game. So um, if that's if A.J. Parker can play, if A.J. Parker can be healthy, I think Kansas State has a chance. If A.J. Parker does not play or A.J. Parker is so banged up that he's out there, but he, he's a liability, um, you know, I, I think it's a long night for the Cavs. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying that A.J. is healthy or is good enough to play. And if he does, that's huge for us. And it didn't, it didn't hurt the fact that we are back home in Manhattan. Um, my understanding, they it should be a decent crowd from what I'm understanding as well compared to what we've seen through these COVID times. But on the flip side, what we need to do, what we have to have happen is for our running game to have ball control, kill the clock, and finish with touchdowns. You know, field goals is not going to get it this week. We have to score touchdowns, yep. you know, point blank. And then um, if our defense – I think if our defense can get at least – three stops the first half. And when I say stops, hold Oklahoma State to punts or three and outs or uh, even field goals, that gives us a really good chance if our offense can sustain long drives and also uh, with special team play as well. K-State has had a really um, good run against Oklahoma State as far as special teams. Yeah, special teams worries me a little bit. I know Kansas State's going to play well, but when you go against, in my opinion, special teams is a, a lot about coaching. Uh, and so if those, if you if you got some good coaches on the other sideline, they can, and your players are willing to be disciplined and play assignment sound on the special teams, I mean, you can eliminate that special teams advantage pretty quickly if you're a coach that knows what they're doing. And I think that coaching staff knows exactly what they're doing uh, down there in Stillwater. Especially, I mean, Joe Bob Clements and, and Coach Dickey, were both oh, yeah. vital parts of the special teams unit in Manhattan uh, when I was a player. So they know they know the drill. They know how to put good special teams units on the field, and uh, no one no one was better at uh, at some of the special teams units than, than Joe Bob Clements. So it's uh, it'll be exciting to see. But I don't know. I think Oklahoma State's prepared enough. I think uh, Mike Gundy's a good enough coach to kind of eliminate that that part of Kansas State's advantage. So I really think it's going to come down to that. That's probably going to be a draw. It's going to be a neutral. Both teams will do their assignments. Uh, but Kansas State won't won't get anything on the board from the special teams side. So it's really going to come down to uh, can K-State control the ball, move the ball, get first downs, run the ball with with effectiveness, and then can A.J. Parker play and, and slow down the Oklahoma State offense. As simple as it sounds, uh, you know, I, I think that's the key to victories in this one. Right, no. And, um, you know, every week I try to look at a player that I think is kind of overlooked um, as far as either offense or defense. But, some, you know, I have a feeling, I got a feeling that uh, Khalil Duke, he might make some plays for us. I'm hoping he does, but I got a feeling because they're going to double Y Hubert. If they're smart, they're going to double him and keep an eye on him. And I think that's going to allow Khalil Duke to get one-on-one because Oklahoma State's tackles, they're good. But I watched um, – the, the came thinking of a young man from Texas. Uh, he's a DN, had a phenomenal game. And I think he's built, uh, he's him and um, Khalid Duke are built similar and have similar games. So if he can kind of emulate and, and produce like the young man from Texas did the week before, he could have a big game. He can have a big day. So that'd be fun to see. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's played very well so far this year. And it would, Kansas, Kansas State needs. Uh, you know, a two sack performance uh, or more from 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 someone to to show up and, and ball out. Because yeah, I think uh, I don't know this Oklahoma State offensive line. 
they don't really scare me. So I, no. I think I think no. Kansas State has a pretty good. You know, we match up pretty well. We can stop the run. Um, even if we don't have the numbers advantage, and then you just gotta hope AJ Parker, AJ Parker can play on the outside and uh, shut down Tylen Wallace. So, uh, Coach Kleiman, give me a call. I got the game plan ready for you. Here it is. I'll send it. I'll send it to you via email. And uh, and that, that that's that's how you beat an Oklahoma State team at home. So, uh, where where are you gonna go? Are you going to the game? I'm I'm not. It's my first home game. I will miss. Uh, so I am I I, I had opportunities to go, but I'm not gonna go just because with it being three o'clock game. That kind of cuts into a lot of stuff I had planned um, throughout the day, and it would be it'd be too tight. It'd be a push to get there on time before yep. kickoff. So I would not. Go, I'm not going this week. Makes sense, but yeah, no, I've a I've been to every game so far. It, the, the atmosphere's gotten better and better every single game. That first game was like kind of awkward. Like no one knew. Like, hey, we're here. Can we? Can we even like cheer? Because we're like, you know spreading our germs through the air as we yell um but yeah no the, the atmosphere has gotten better and better i feel like people have gotten more and more comfortable um and, and really just gotten know, know the drill know what to do know how to be safe yet still cheer on your team so um hopefully and i think this game will even be better uh than the last home game against who do we have ku at home i think was the last home game so yeah which that yep. was a good crowd that just wasn't a very good ball game so it kind of uh <laughs> kind of lost energy in the second half myself included just because uh it was it was too easy. So, uh, which is just another mind boggling thing that we're, you know, we got our butts handed to us by West Virginia and the week before we whooped Kansas KU's butt. So it's like, man, how bad are they? If, well, we're by no means the best team in this conference. You know, whether we can make a run for the Big 12 conference, uh, that's a whole other story. But we're, we are by no means the best team in the conference and we laid it on KU. How, how low are they? So sorry for taking a 60-second uh, detour to talk crap on, on KU, but I, I take those yeah, opportunities. Don't, don't I, I take those opportunities whenever they come up. So Yeah, never apologize for that. Yep. Never apologize. No, exactly. So, yeah, I'll be watching it on TV. Sounds like you'll be watching it on TV. Uh, should be a fun game. Anything else here before we wrap up? No, man, um, I'm looking forward to seeing the Cats play. Hopefully they can bounce back and get back on track. And uh, next week when we're talking about this game, we're praising the O-line and we're praising uh, Will Howard and the QB play and we're praising the team as a whole. So uh, that's my hope. <laughs> yep. No, I agree. And, and that's, uh, you know, Will Howard, he's going to, you know, I feel like we might, there might be a game where it just clicks for him. So um, hopefully that happens this season. It might not happen until next season. So um, eventually it just kind of all comes together and he puts together a really good game. I think he's got the talent and, and the mental fortitude to, to get that done. But right now the game's still just flying by him. I mean, it's, it's going 100 miles an hour for him right now. It needs to slow down for him and he needs to make some better throws. He needs his receivers to help him out. So hopefully knock on wood this game is the game where that clicks and defense can shut down a very potent oklahoma state offense and we can get some production out of uh deuce vaughn see about Bradley moore see about aj parker so overall a lot of questions this week uh but hopefully we will have some more answers on saturday and hopefully we're cheering on a wildcat victory on saturday as well so monty have a good week buddy all right brother go cats sounds good go cats and uh we'll talk to you next week see ya PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.